Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we're going to talk a bunch of women's wrestling as there's some news coming out of this weekend and this morning and stuff on different women in new places. Kyrie Sane, Megan Payne, Sari, Julia. We're going to talk about all of that. We're also going to talk about the news that came out yesterday on the NWA not being so keen on, well, or no, the CW not being so keen on the NWA using cocaine. A big match has been announced for Collision this week. Will Ospreay news and more because, again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories for you. Kind of a light one coming out of Crown Jewel and New Japan's Power Struggle show and this and that. So we're going to talk a bunch of different things. But I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Alan Wake 2 is out. Dead Island 2's got a new update. We got so much new things. Hell, Fortnite, OG, that's brand new. You gotta get that battle pass. Use this code right here, PWUNLIMITED, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Oh, today they dropped Stranger Things skins in Fortnite. And they go away, I guess, tonight. Like, they're only there for the weekend and today. Again, use this code when getting anything from the Epic Games or Epic Game Store. Also, claim the free game. Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Haven't played it yet, but I got it installed. I really do want to play it just to see what the heck it is. As we go... Into the news here, I would say probably the biggest news story of the day right now is, well, Julia may be going to WWE. If you don't know, Julia is the New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Champion. The How do they say it? The NJPW Strong Women's Champion, I think is what it is. She's also, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the artist of stardom champion, I think. Don't watch a, a lot of stardom. So if I'm wrong there, I do apologize. But this write-up and report does come from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, who does write the following. 
There's massive WWE interest in a major international star, PWInsider.com has confirmed. Sources in Japan have confirmed WWE is attempting to court New Japan's strong women's champion, Julia, who's only 29 years old, hoping to sign her to the company. A member of current defending artist of stardom champion, a member of current defending artist of stardom champions, Don Del Mondo, Julia's first debuted for Ice Ribbon Promotion back in 2017 after training under Mio Chiari. Julia defeated the world world wonder stardom defend uh, yeah debuted for stardom in 2019 announcing at the time as she was signing with the promotion she has been one of the centerpiece talents of the promotion ever since having captured the world of stardom championship the wonder of stardom title and the goddess of stardom championships as well as noted she's a member of don del mondo the thekela with thekela and mayo sakura she and thekela are the current goddess of stardom uh, are competing in the stardom goddess of stardom tag league. Now, again, I don't know much about stardom. So if I'm messing this up, I do apologize, but yeah, WWE is very interested in Julia sources state that talks are far enough along that Julia is expected at the WWE performance center sometime this month, which basically means she's most likely been signed or they're just waiting for that last little signing on the line. So we'll see how it all does go. But it looks like Julia could be headed to WWE, headed soon. Now, again, she's still got that title, that New Japan Strong Woman's belt. She's still the artist of stardom champion. It's going to be easy for her to drop the artist of stardom title. But now the New Japan Strong Woman's championship, I know she's slated for a match to defend the title soon against, I think it's Trisha Dora. I saw that recently set up. So, yeah, this is going to be a big one if WWE can get Julia because thinking about it, from what I've seen of Julia, she's one of the best female wrestlers in the world, better than probably anybody on the AEW women's roster. Maybe anybody on the WWE women's roster and maybe anybody on the Knockouts women's roster because I always call those uh, in the United States the three best women's rosters. Probably the only three actual technically women's rosters, but Knockout, I think, has the overall best women's roster, and I think she's better than any of them within WWE. I don't know if she's... She might be better than Becky Lynch. I think she's better than Charlotte, from what I've seen. And she's right up there with, like, the other Japanese women in WWE. Asuka, Kyrie Sane, which... We haven't seen Kyrie Sane really do anything yet. We're going to talk Kyrie here in a little bit. And Yo Sky, the woman's champion. I even think Julia in ring. I don't know her promo skills and her presence on the mic and this and that. I don't know any of that of her. But in ring, I even think she's better than Rhea Ripley. Now, Rhea Ripley is, in my opinion, one of the best overall packages in female wrestling. The best, if not one of, if not the best. But when it comes to just in-ring ability, I think Julia is one of the best females bell-to-bell in pro wrestling today. So, according to Mike Johnson, talks between her and WWE are so far along that, well, uh, she could be there within the month, by the end of the year. Now, there was some interesting reporting over the last couple of days that WWE may have been trying to re-sign Suri, 
or Saray, however you want to say it, depending on if you're talking about her in Japan or in WWE or anything. And it looks like that will not end up being the case as she has signed a new multi-year deal with Sokeban. This write-up does come from Joseph Courier of F4W Online as they state the following. Suri, former NXT women's wrestler Suray, is now under contract with New Josie promotion, Sukiban. Sukiban, which is based in the United States, launched in September with its inaugural show taking place in New York City. It was announced today by the promotion that they have signed Suri to a multi-year contract. She'll debut at Sukiban's second event, which will be held in Miami in December. Three will be part of the Cherry Bomb Girls faction in Sukibon as everybody is placed in a faction in this promotion. In her Sukibon debut at the show, Suri will face Countless Sori, Atomic Banshee, and Babyface in a four-way. The match features participants from all four of Sukibon's stables, Cherry Bomb Girls, Dangerous Liaisons, Vandals, and Harakaju Stars. In the press release, it stated, quote, Joining Sukaban's roster marks the return to the United States of Suri, a former WWE performer who was widely regarded as one of the most underutilized talents in pro wrestling in the world, Sukaban wrote in a press release put out today, also stating, quote, Suri epitomes, epitomizes the spirit of all Japan women's pro wrestling serving as a link to the glory days of Joshi Pro Wrestling. So yeah, big news here that she has signed with Sukiban in the United States. And there were rumors that WWE were trying to get her back, but this squashes all of that. This squashes all of that. She ain't going back to WWE. Now, as far as that does go, though, and her not going back to WWE, we do have a little update on WWE's stance on this and what they're feeling. Uh, it was reported last week by Mike Johnson of PW Insider that Suri was in deep negotiations for her to return to America for a promotion that wasn't WWE, which has now been confirmed. WWE's interest in Suri was initially reported by Fightful, and they have since provided an update on the situation. WWE sources contacted Fightful, indicating they, they were interested in possibly bringing her back. On signing, on Saray signing in Sukiban, one WWE source stated, quote, There's no ill will on our side. We didn't think she'd end up back here. There were no creative plans set for her, and she wasn't contacted. Her name was mentioned, and she was liked within the company. So there were some preliminary things discussed about trying to bring her back, but this deal probably works out better for her. Basically, there we go. There was interest by WWE, but WWE never really fit on that interest, never really jumped on that interest, never really tried to do anything other than saying, hey, we're interested. So, yeah, that's the Suri news. Not much to it other than she signed a multi-year deal with Sukuban. And the big question is, is Sukuban going to be around for multi-years? Like, who knows how long this promotion is even going to last? Now, speaking of a former WWE superstar from Japan returning to WWE, well, this past Saturday at WWE Crown Jewel, we saw the WWE return of Kairi Sane. Now, when Kairi Sane first popped up during the match and did her thing with Bianca Belair, the crowd didn't know how to react because she didn't look the same as normal. She didn't have her pirate getup on, I feel. And so once they realized who she was, they... Finally, we're like, oh, okay, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 want to see this. We like this. What's going on? But I like the story they're potentially going to tell with Kyrie Singh. Kyrie Singh has resigned with WWE. WWE already has on their website placed her on the SmackDown brand, which we assumed that was the case. Through um, not sorry, Kyrie. Um, the basically the story they I think they're gonna tell because this is kind of what Michael Cole alluded to on commentary. He stated that you know Kyrie helped out EO. Kyrie and EO left the ring together after the match after beating up Bianca. But who else is at ringside? Oh, Bailey. What, what, what happened last time we saw Kyrie in WWE? Oh, she was getting her ass beat by Bailey backstage. So hard that that beating took her out of WWE. So now we're going to have this, this inner thing going on within Kyrie saying of, I've got this friend in Kyrie who was here. She helped me. I, I want to be with her. But Bailey. Bailey brought me to the main roster. Bailey's always been there for me. Bailey helped me win this belt. Bailey, this Bailey. Which side is she going to take? Is Kyrie going to go, or is is Io going to go with Kyrie? Is Io going to go with Bailey and Dakota and damage control? Or, or, and this is one that I haven't seen anybody talk about yet. Do they just completely kick Bailey out of damage control and they bring Kyrie into damage control with Dakota and EO and Bailey gets kicked out because they're like, oh, we don't want you anymore. You're just riding our coattails. You're just, you know, using us. We don't need you to use us. We got what we wanted from you and now you're out. That could be a thing. Maybe a baby, a Bailey baby face turn, even though we thought it was going to be a EO baby face turn. Just trust me. Having Kyrie come out and help her, and then holding Bianca down like Kyrie does the insane elbow off the top after the match, beating down Bianca. That ain't babyface. That ain't babyface at all. So we'll see if the teases of Kyrie or EO going babyface is going to happen or not. But as of right now, we'll have to see where this storyline does go. But I do like the storyline of. I've got this one friend over here, and i got this other friend over here. They don't like each other. This friend actually took out this friend, and that's why she was gone for three years. But then do I stay loyal to her because what she's helped me on the main roster? Do I stay loyal to her because of, you know, our history in Japan? And it's like, where does EO go? Which way does she go? Do I like it? And also, another thing to look at. They're celebrating EO and Kyrie at Crown Jewel. Bailey's sitting there next to the commentary table, like, what the hell am I watching? And Eel and Kyrie then leave without Bailey. That's another thing to think about. We talked about a bunch of females going to WWE or not going to WWE and this and that. But Fightful had an interesting update today, an interesting report on AEW signing a female talent recently that nobody was expecting. Like, I don't think anybody could have guessed this one is Fightful, writes the following. And no offense to Megan Bain, but Megan Bain is all elite and has been for quite some time. Top indie prospect, Megan Bain isn't actually an indie prospect, Fightful has learned. Bain has been under AEW contract for months, although she's been on, she hasn't been on television in the company for in months. Bain instead was sent by AEW to work in stardom months ago and has been refining her work there since. As of this summer, we're told that there have been no significant creative plans for her within AEW. The 25-year-old Bane 
has also made appearances in Impact Wrestling in the past as well. When it comes to Megan Bain, and also Fightful originally put that she was sent to Tokyo Joshi Pro. She never worked for Tokyo Joshi Pro. Then they, they tried to correct their mistake and go, edited to correct the error that stated she was working Tokyo Joshi Pro. She's working stardom. And then, like, SRS tried to blame somebody else for the mistake. Anyways, anyways. So, she's been in AEW before. Basically, the COVID era. Because between, well, the end of the COVID era. In 2021 and 2022, she worked six matches between Dark and Dark Elevation. She then suffered an ACL injury and was out for a while. She then came back to AEW this past July and worked a tag team match on Rampage. And that was the last we've seen her in AEW. And maybe that's when she signed. She signed maybe right around July time or something. No timetable was stated in this Fightful report other than this past summer she signed with the company. So, cool. Good for Megan Bain. I mean, like I said, in no disrespect, if, if someone just sees the headline of female star signs with AEW, I don't think anyone's going to guess Megan Bain. And when it comes to People signing with companies, one big name that everyone's looking at in 2024, and it's not the bidding war of 2024 with MJF, it's Will Ospreay. Many have said that it looks like Will Ospreay could be going to AEW, but there's heavy interest from WWE and heavy interest within Ospreay to talk with WWE as well. Dave Meltzer has been talking for a few weeks now that WWE is interested in Will Ospreay and may try to Drop the bag to get the former and actually the current IWGP United States UK champion, whatever they're going to call that now. Also, we got news on that and and um, uh, New Japan creating a new belt or bringing back an old belt. I don't know exactly. We're going to talk about that here after this. But Will Ospreay got options. Stay with New Japan. Go to WWE. Go to AEW. Be a free agent for a while and just run the indies or something. Osprey has also stated recently he is not against moving to the States. So, we'll see where it goes. But Sean Ross Sapp also had an update on Will Osprey and possibly going to WWE as Sapp stated the following. It was reported recently that many in AEW have considered it a foregone conclusion that Will Osprey will join the company. While that may have been true months ago, we're told that Osprey's mind has opened up about his future. WWE has shown heavy interest and sources within the company claim that there have been conversations and contact between the two sides, though those close to Osprey would not confirm as such. TNA and AEW both maintained interest in Osprey and have both said that they have enjoyed working with him. We aren't sure the nature of the deals being discussed as NXT Europe, Impact becoming TNA, and adjusting many elements of production and stepping up their European presence are all talking shapes, taking shape. However, Osprey predictably has interest in all from all over the world. And JPW sources said that while they've loved to keep Osprey, they don't necessarily expect it on the same type of deal that he's on now, where he's full time with the company. So there's a couple things to look at here. I don't think Impact gets him. I don't think TNA signs Will Osprey because he's going to have two big money offers from WWE and AEW, and I don't think they can match that. New Japan, I don't think they can match that as well. But Here's where New Japan would be under the assumption of even if Will leaves, we still got him. Because if he signs with AEW, he can still work New Japan. He can still go and do Dominion, 
Power Struggle, G1, Wrestle Kingdom, all the big events, if it doesn't hinder and conflict with his AEW dates. If he goes to WWE, though, he ain't working New Japan. Now, granted, WWE did try to strike a deal with New Japan for Brian Danielson before he left. That didn't come to fruition, though. Yet, there's NXT Europe. What if Will Ospreay wants to move back to the UK and WWE says, yeah, and we're going to make you the face of NXT Europe. We're going to pay you all this big money and you're not even going to have to work a lot. You're going to have basically be able to take some time off or go work like back in the day when they had the NXT UK brand. They were letting NXT UK sign talent still work UK indies. So what if, for instance, Osprey's the face of NXT Europe, but is also working uh, WXW, Progress, Rev Pro. Like, that could be really viable for him there as well. And granted, if he goes to AEW, they'll still let him work Rev Pro and Progress or wherever else in the UK he wants to go. But it's just like he can potentially also be living in the UK if he's the face of NXT Europe and then just be brought in every so often for regular NXT here in the United States and this and that. Or if they want him on the main roster, he said, I've, you know, contemplated and not against moving to the United States. So a lot to look in here when it comes to Will Ospreay and all that. So still time. I think his contract's not up to like February or March. So still time to keep an eye on this one. As we move forward, Wrestle Kingdom is coming up on January 4th. And I want to say five matches, four matches have officially been announced for the show. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five matches have officially been announced for the show. This write-up does come from Ethan Renner of F4W Online as he writes the following. Four matches have been added to the NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 18 set of events on Thursday, January 4th, 2024 at the Tokyo Dome. As we expected, following an angle on Saturday's Power Struggle event, AEW's Brian Danielson will be taking on Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom in a rematch from this past June's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Danielson issued the challenge to Okada for the rematch in a video played on Saturday's show, and Okada quickly accepted, following up with a promo himself. This was amazing. So Danielson, if you haven't seen it, go watch this. Danielson is in the woods. He's got a patch over his eye because he had orbital bone surgery. And he's yelling, Okada, I'm going to fight again. I, I may have beat you twice, but both times you broke my bones. And I want revenge. So on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom, I want to fight you. And Okada had the world's greatest response. He grabs the mic and just goes, Yes. and then walks off the best way to accept a Brian Danielson challenge you make fun of the yes chant and you just go yeah sure whatever yes that's all it was no actually I take that back I take that back he said Dragon! do you think he's all hyped up and ready to go and he's gonna cut this promo on this yes so great. Yelling the dragon and then the nonchalant yes. Oh, I loved it. AEW's John Moxley is also set for Wrestle Kingdom as he will challenge for the IWGP US slash UK Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay and Bullet Club in David Finley in a three-way match for the US UK title. 
There have been speculation that this match would be for a reconstructed Intercontinental Championship as Finley did destroy both the U.S. and U.K. titles at the Power Struggle show before or after actually laying out both Moxley and Osprey. So, New Japan has come out and said, hey, we're creating a new belt. They haven't said exactly what the belt is, but one would assume Intercontinental Championship. They said there's been confusion over the U.S. and U.K. title. There's only confusion because of the Osprey stuff where he was like, I'm the U.S. champion now, but I don't want to represent the U.S. I'm the U.K. champion, and that's why there was confusion. But no, I think they're bringing back the Intercontinental Championship to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they're going to do it here in this triple threat match. Also, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship will be on the line when Hiromu Takahashi defends his title in the Tokyo Dome against rival El Desperado in a bout that was all but announced at Power Struggle as Hiromu called out Desperado as his next challenger. Also, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships will be defended as Bullet Club War Dogs Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney will defend against United Empire's Catch-2-2 TJP and Francisco Akira after the latter duo won the Super Juniors Tag League Finals at Power Struggle. Also, a change to the start time has also been announced for the show, which will begin at 4.30 p.m. local, 2 a.m. Eastern, and then what is that? 11.30 p.m. Pacific? 11, 12, 1, 2. I think so. 11.30 p.m. Pacific. As far as everything announced for the show, we'll run it down really quick. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship will be on the line when Sonata defends against G1 winner Tetsuya Naito. Brian Danielson will take on Kazuchika Okada. The IWGP United States, United Kingdom, new title, whatever you want to call this, will be on the line when Will Ospreay defends against both John Moxley and David Finley in a, th- in a three-way. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship will be on the line when Hiromu Takahashi defends against El Desperado. And the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships will be on the line when Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney defending as TJP and Francisco Akira. So there we go. That is everything so far announced for Wrestle Kingdom, which gone back to one day. One day. Now, another thing to keep an eye on, but it might not be anything. Maybe we're looking too much into this. Coming out of this past weekend's live event in Rochester, New York, some in attendance said that it looked like Becky Lynch may have been hurt. Now, we don't know any details or context on this, but after the match, Becky had taken on Natalia, and she won and everything. But after the match, there's video of this. She's sitting in the ring communicating with the doctor at ringside. She gets up. She limps over to the corner, gets on the middle rope, takes a second, then, no, gets on the bottom rope, takes a second, then gets on the middle rope before celebrating and woo into the crowd, gets down, still limping, and then we go from there. So I don't know if Becky's just really selling the match with Natty or whatnot, but it's the the thing to look at here is that she sat in the ring for a minute or so, communicating with the doctor, and then she was limping. So I don't know if this is a thing, if there's anything here. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but there is a slight possibility that Becky Lynch could have been injured this past weekend at the live event. Now, one thing that isn't like, is this real or is it not? It's uh, Billy Corgan booking a cocaine spot 
on their last pay-per-view. And this cocaine spot was seen negatively by the CW. This does come from Hauser Wrestling, as they write the following. This past weekend, and I'm going to butcher this name, at NWA Samhain, Samhain, longtime pro wrestling manager, Father James Mitchell, participated in a controversial segment that went viral. Mitchell was sent a private seat, was seen at a private seating area during the near the ring surrounding the scantily clad women drinking bottles of alcohol and some very energetic pro wrestlers. The reason for all this amped up energy as well, they were snorting coke. Yes, they were snorting cocaine. Mitchell was seen snorting the illegal substance and passing it around to the young compatriots and indulging them to participate. They were snorting it off the table. Mitchell was snorting it off of a plastic spoon. And apparently, this is all Billy Corgan's idea. Towser Wrestling reported that the uh, NWA, owned by Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan, recently signed a pair of deals with the CW. The deals will see the NWA bring their weekly power show and a new reality show to the broadcast and network. However, we have learned that the recent cocaine spot upset higher-ups at the CW. We're also told that the cocaine spot was Corgan's idea, and he pushed for it to be on the pay-per-view. As it stands, Hauser Wrestling is told that there's an active push by those higher-ups at the CW to have the NWA content only air solely on the CW app and not on their actual television airwaves. Apparently, when negotiations were going on to bring the NWA to the CW, Corgan was told that the network would not be watching pay-per-views and would only be concerned with what happens on the TV show airing on their, excuse me, on their platform. The change following the cocaine, uh, that changed following the cocaine spot as the CW, which fans knew would be the new home of the NWA, was flooded with social media comments. How's the wrestling was told? There is now a 90% chance that the NWA reality show and power will air on the CW app and not on the CW TV. We also learned that the reality show was fully paid for by Corgan, the executive producer of the series, and he has the final creative say on it. We're told that the CW did not pay for the reality series and would profit from selling ads. Corgan is optimistic that the exposure of being on the CW will lead to higher ticket sales for NWA events, on top of improved merchandise sales as well. There's also the potential that if the first season of the reality series is successful, that could guarantee money for season two, kind of like Vince in the XFL. One of the big selling points for the CW to get behind the reality series was that Corgan said that his recent wedding would be part of it, something they were excited to air. Basically, it's like, oh, wrestling fans are going to like this because it's a pro wrestling reality show, but Smashing Pumpkin fans may be interested in this show as well to see your wedding. Also, if Billy Corgan's fronting the bill for this entire show, I think he's going to use it as a personal write-off as far as the wedding does go, because if the wedding is part of the show, you can write off that whole goddamn wedding. Anyways, the report goes on by stating, the other pro wrestling aspects of the series, along with the added power deal, all were guaranteed to under the understanding that the CW would be able to air the Corgan wedding footage. So basically, they think that bigger than just the pro wrestling here is we got Billy Corgan's wedding. There's a lot of smashing pumpkin fans in the world, and maybe they want to watch his wedding on the CW. So that's where all this comes from, it sounds like. it's They got the deal, not because of, oh, we like the NWA, not because you put on a good wrestling product, but, oh, 
Smashing Pumpkin fans may be interested in watching your wedding play out. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what all of this does sound like. That CW didn't care about the wrestling. They wanted the wedding. And there we go. But we'll see how this all does play out. Because, like, you're getting on the CW app. That's a free app that anybody can go on and watch stuff on. It's not even got a subscription service to it that I know of. Like, every time I watch something on the CW app, I don't got to pay nothing. Yeah, there's ads and stuff, but still, I don't got to pay nothing. Finally, as we wrap everything up here, a big trios match has been announced for this coming week's Collision show, which I don't even know if Collision is live on Saturday. Yeah, it is. It's not live on Saturday, but it's being filmed on Friday in Oakland, California, where they're doing like $10, $20 buy one, get one tickets. Yeah, you heard me right. $10, $20 buy one, get one tickets. You can go to both Collision and Rampage this Friday in the Oakland Arena in Oakland, California and take two people for like 10 bucks. Anyways, uh, All Elite Wrestling has announced that Sting, along with Darby Allen and Adam Copeland, will be taking on Lance Archer and The Righteous. This all comes basically as a playoff of what happened the, on, on Collision this past week when Jake Roberts brought The Righteous in to attack Darby after the match with Lance Archer and this and that. So yeah, Sting, Darby, and Copeland will be taking on Archer, Vincent, and Dutch. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here for the wrestling wrap-up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Now, as far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, two things have been announced, and only one thing is being advertised on their website. So as we go to the WWE website... This is all we got here. Huge fatal four-way to decide the new Intercontinental title challenger. It's The Miz, Ricochet, Bronson, Reed, and Ivar. And when we scroll around, we don't see anything else for Raw. Supposed to be Akira Tozawa and Shinsuke Nakamura. Then when we click into the preview, you are not authorized to access this page. What the what? Then if we go to the Raw here, we get it this way, though. You gotta, like, go to the Raw page. It does say Akira Tozawa, Shinsuke Nakamura. So, those are the only two things. At uh, 1248 p.m. Pacific being advertised for tonight's Monday Night Raw. But we can go check social media really fast just to see. Because sometimes they'll put stuff up on their social media before it goes up on the website. Let's just double check really quickly. And it looks like that is all that's being advertised those two matches so with that guys i want to say again thank you for joining me here twitch twitter no twitch youtube or podcast services and i'll see you guys later on tonight me and luke the monday night raw review have a good one guys